Coming up on Podcast 1553, the US-made VW ID4 gets great specs and a cheaper price. Stick around, and I'll tell you everything I know. Also on the podcast today, we're talking about new car registrations in the UK and how well EVs are doing, how Tesla's doing in China, and Alpatronic charges for more places. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily for what happened on Friday, 5th of August. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. I'm here to save you time. Because let's face it, a bit overwhelming keeping up with all the latest EV news. That's what I'm here for. We'll start with news about Connected Curb. They're a UK company, by the way, and they announced they've been selected by New York City to demonstrate how public access EV charging can drive up EV ownership for those people who have to park their EVs on the street. Well, the findings from the pilot will inform wider EV charging rollouts across New York City, helping to realise the goal of installing 10,000 curbside chargers by the end of the decade electrifying a fifth of their municipal parking bays by 2025. Well, publicly accessible EV charging is slowing New York's EV transition, they say. It's a city where 50% of private cars get parked outside on the street every night. Prospective EV buyers saying that convenient access to charging would be a huge incentive to go EV. Well, the pilot project is providing a testbed to solve this challenge by providing accessible and reliable charging infrastructure in New York City, where space is a real premium, of course, and it'll show how the charging infrastructure can be adapted to any different local requirements, the local grid, the local electrical standards, etc. And let's hope that trial goes really well because, you know, until we bought this house that we are in, and we've not been here too long actually, we always lived in houses with on street parking, whether it was the old terrace house we had here when we moved up to London and we had an old Victorian terrace and people were parking. You know, two wheels up on the curb. You were meant to. The white lines were painted on the curb. The road was built in 1909 for horses and carts. And so it wasn't until we moved here, we got a garage and a driveway and stuff now. So, so many people are in that situation where they they want an EV, but they can't even get close to their house if it's busy. And so I can't imagine that uh, that New York City is an easy place to be a, a driver, a car owner, especially going EV. Public charging, of course, can do the job, but if you can have a row of charges on your street and you know that wherever you get you know if you get home late from work and there's one space left down the other end of the street i've done that plenty of times or parked around the corner and walked five minutes to my house yeah to know that it's charging is brilliant we'll keep an eye on that trial now in the uk car registrations oh you know where this story's going car registrations in the uk fell nine percent last month in july but you know where this is going Battery electric vehicles buck the trend, growing 10.9% market share. Ah, that is awesome news, isn't it? 12,243 pure electric cars in the UK sold last month. That's a 10.9% market share, as I mentioned. And uh, the plug-in share, uh, down a little hybrid share, nothing ready to talk about. So it's where pure electric cars, can you imagine if if, if there was a bigger supply? Because the demand is off the scale. And really, I would say the only car maker that is potentially able to supply, if they wanted to, a decent uh, amount is Tesla. And uh, and of course we're you know we're, we're right hand drive so uh, we have to we have to 
take what we're given uh, in terms of Model S, Model X. Hopefully have some news to uh, uh, to tell you very soon because Tesla's confirmed the relaunch of the Model S and Model X in Europe, initially limited to the Plaid versions. Orders of the Plaid versions are being accepted now here in Europe with the first deliveries for November and December 2022. The Model S Plaid introduced during the refresh of the two cars early 2021 is expected to cost around 138,000 euros model x plaid listed now in the design studio 141,000 euros electrive.com says that in the case of the model x it's worth remembering the german configurator currently only lists the version with six seats as with the model 3 and the Model Y. The prices for the two autopilot options uh, have to be labelled full potential for autonomous driving because you can't call it full self-driving in Germany because they don't put up with Elon's crap, so they have to call it full potential for autonomous driving because the cars don't drive themselves, Um, which I think is interesting. Uh, However, it's uh, not cheap uh, wherever you wherever you option it wherever you spec it three and a half no three thousand eight hundred euros and seven and a half thousand euros if you want to uh, go for full potential for autonomous driving as it's labelled great news for Tesla in China wholesale numbers uh, over thirty thousand units in July that's a really good bounce back from their COVID shutdowns and also because the factory in Tesla Shanghai was was closed for upgrades if the estimate of around thirty thousand is correct. It'll mean that, yeah, they were down 9% in July on the same month last year. But like I say, it's notable because Tesla China encountered a big shutdown, not only with the COVID earlier in the year uh, and those restrictions of movement, but also because of the Shanghai upgrades. Back on June 22nd, Reuters citing an internal memo saying the Tesla plan to suspend production at Shanghai for the first two weeks of July to do the upgrade. Well, upgrades were completed. And if they're not, I think that the, the, the deadline with that was August 7th. So in a couple of days' time, uh, production of the Model Y will go to 14,000 units a week from 11,000 units a week pre-COVID, as in the most late, <laughs> most recent COVID, in other words, earlier this year. And the Model 3 will increase to 7,700 vehicles a week from 5,500, according to CNEV posts. Uh, brilliant news that uh, that is heading towards its 750,000 cars a year uh, production capacity. Such a huge, huge facility for Tesla. And of course, anything that is right-hand drive for us in the UK, uh, for Aussie markets, for right-hand drive markets, uh, also coming out of Shanghai, at least until Berlin starts making them. But yeah, Berlin's going to be left-hand drive for the foreseeable. I would presume the last thing Tesla want to do as they're ramping up Berlin is to suddenly stop everything and put the steering wheel on the side that it should be. Now, let's talk a little bit the Alpatronic chargers, which I really rate. I think it's fantastic hardware and they're getting together with the energy company eon eon's investing in thousands of new ultra fast charging stations across europe in 2000 of these units will be installed by the end of 2024 alpatronic units uh, the two firms are moving forward they say with ev adoption eon says that the ev market is exploding they can see the ev market is exploding everyone can see the ev market is exploding well 
Not everyone. You can, I can. Most people can. There's still a few people out there who can't see it, but that's all right. We'll get to them, don't you worry. By 2030, at least 15 million EVs will be registered in Germany alone, says E.ON. And the resulting increase in energy demand uh, will necessitate the development of the efficient management of charging rights. Cleantechnica.com. Cleantechnica says E.ON's charging network and its corporate client networks will be able to accommodate the 2,000 new rapid charging stations the next-gen Alpatronic units uh, between 100 and 150, actually, and 300 kilowatts. And I've used them recently. Oh, was it the Fastned stuff I was using, the Alpatronic uh, units, the dual-head ones? And worked pretty well. I mean, it didn't start first time on the MG at Fastned, which was frustrating because uh, there's quite a high pre-charge or whatever you want to call it. Some people email me when I say it's not a it's not a pre-charge. Oh, I don't know what it is. It's, it's a it shows up as thirty quid on my account for like a week. Um, so there's a couple of those needed uh, because I forgot to use my electric juice card. Tut tut. They are a sponsor as well. Massive fail. Well done, me. I don't know where my brain was at that time, uh, but. Otherwise, the hardware that Fastnet use, if they, if it is the Alpatronic stuff I'm thinking of, was really really good and. Um, I was the only one there at the new Oxford super hub, kind of looking around, going, Billy no mates here. Everyone should come and charge here. It's brilliant. Now, headline story. The US-made Volkswagen ID4 is both better equipped than you think and cheaper than you might think. Volkswagen of America announced a couple of weeks ago that series production has started. And October would be when people start, or at least the dealerships get those vehicles, which... I would still love to understand why it can go into production in July, and yet I can, my listeners can't get their cars, the made in America, at least, ID4s, until October. Maybe they're stacking them up. Maybe they, I don't know, maybe they can't get them out. Maybe there's a problem with shipping and, and, and car transporters, or maybe that's just they're just going to... I don't like EVs being sat around full stop, whether the battery's at 0% or 50 or 100 it's not great to make an EV and then have it sat there. They've sat for longer, by the way. We've seen problems back when VW were rolling out the ID3, and there was just vast parks of them waiting for their new software. So, you know, a couple of months isn't the end of the world for ID4s, but I'd love to get them to buyers as soon as possible. So I'd love to know why they can't deliver those until October, but I'm sure they're doing it as quick as they can. The standard version of the ID4, model year 2023, that's the new name of the entry-level model, the VW ID4 standard, starting price 37495 Now, 37495 is almost $4,000 cheaper than the current entry-level model. Now, in the US, if you want to get into an ID4, entry-level is the ID4 Pro currently starting at just over $41,000. Now, of course, VW still get the federal tax credit. And so if you want to buy one of these, I'd suggest, and and you can make the most of that $7,500 federal tax credit, I would recommend you place an order sooner rather than later. Because even if the new Inflation Act gets signed into law uh, by Biden, as long as you have an order for a vehicle, you can still get the tax credit. Now, I don't know if the batteries going into the ID4 made in Chattanooga will go, uh, will pass the new test for the new. So I would say, you know, because you can always cancel an order, you know, I would say get that order in because that brings the car under $30,000. And that's amazing because if you are eligible, that's a $29,995 car before destination fee. That's a less than $30,000 62 kilowatt hour 
201 horsepower rear-wheel drive ID4. That is over 200 miles of EPA range, 350 almost kilometers, for less than 30 grand. Now, look, and I'm still not pretending $30,000 is a cheap car, but for what you get, I think it's great value. The lower starting price doesn't make it the cheapest EV on the market. If you're going to do that, then you can get yourself a Bolt. But if you haven't been in the ID4 yet and you're thinking of making a change, highly recommend a test drive. Now, you can go all the way up to the, the top trim, the all-wheel drive Pro S Plus, $55,000. But entry level still gets some really, really decent specs. You get all of the intelligent park assist. You get uh, the USB-C chargers with like 45 watt quite high power uh, you get the big 12 inch display as well you get all the active safety stuff the pedestrian safety the cyclist detection you get all the emergency braking the lane change stuff the adaptive cruise and uh, travel assist all in the basic model less than thirty thousand dollars like i said you get new colors and trims and the new center console just for the u.s market and i don't know why that is maybe the U.S. needs different things in the center console. Um, but that is a brilliant, brilliant price. Well done, VW of America. Right, coming up very soon, we will talk a little bit about uh, why uh, governors in the U.K., uh, in the U.S., are driving electric cars and electric utes down under. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. Now let's talk about why Australians might be able to buy an electric ute uh, after... It went on sale in New Zealand as the LDV. Uh, it's owned by SAIC. And so they've got a couple of brands they could do things with. They could do something with the Maxus brand. And that's what I think they'll do in the UK or in Australia and New Zealand. It'll go on sale as an LDV. Same vehicle, by the way. It's a pickup truck. It's rear-wheel drive. It looks like a pickup truck. It just looks like a very, very regular ute. It's got a big old battery in it. Um, it's an 88.5 kilowatt hour battery, 130 kilowatt rear wheel drive. So if you are doing some heavy, heavy duty off-roading in this, maybe not for you because it's not all wheel drive, but let's face it, this will suit a lot of workies and tradies and people who want a ute. Uh, in New Zealand, it's called the LDV ET60, and it could well be coming to Australia as well. And if you are interested in these kind of vehicles, then you might be interested in a video that you can watch on YouTube. My buddy, Nick Ramo, Evie Nick, driving the new Maxus. I forget the, the name they've given it, but it's the same truck. Um, it's got some different plastic around the wheel arches for the UK market. Although this is a pre-production car, so it might change. I've seen it. He sent me a picture of it when he was test driving it. Uh, it's got vehicle to load. Uh, you can spec all sorts of things, uh, like a cab over the uh, the bed or the roller, the lockable roller thing. Uh, you can have like the the bars up front. There's loads of things on the options list. Um, and the, and I think what the Chinese version of this is called, but it's all, it's, all, it's a Chinese truck, but it's pure electric and it looks really cool if you need it. Oh, and I think less than fifty grand without VAT, which is. For lots of people that want to drive an electric pickup truck, an interesting price. Now, the governor of Vermont, next in the news, believes he's the nation's first governor to travel purely electric. His name is Phil Scott, Republican, and he wants to send a message to anyone watching or listening that the future of personal transport is purely electric, he says, to cut carbon and address climate change. Uh, he said, I hope this sends the message that we walk the talk. 
as uh, he joined uh, his um, Vermont State Police Protection Unit. Uh, they look after him, and they now drive the Ford F-150 Lightning. Uh, the governor of Vermont, with his new Ford F-150 Lightning, will mostly be driven around by his police protection officers, but occasionally will be driving it himself. He says Vermont's spending millions of dollars on expanding their EV charging network near parks and ski areas, along highways as well, and in other spots. So it's good to see uh, politicians and leaders uh, doing their bit. Now, let's talk about a new study uh, that has revealed how far some EVs can go when the dash says zero. The most being 19 miles, according to this What Car piece of uh, test driving they did. They took 10 EV models and took them out onto the test track and just kept on going uh, long after the car said zero on the display to work out how big the emergency buffer was. As they, That's their words, not mine, the emergency buffer. Um, I'd call it like the bottom end buffer or... Uh, you know, the, some cars have run out before they hit zero. Like, I've heard of stories of Teslas with the BMS is not configured, uh, and it still says you've got some range, and they just come to a, a, a grinding halt. But equally, some cars can go a lot further once the display says zero, because although the display says zero, it's not really zero. We know that by now. Uh, of all the cars they drove, the BMW i4, E-Drive 40 uh, travelled the furthest, furthest distance of the ones they tested and had a big buffer, as they call it. Uh, and it went uh, 316 miles, and 19 of those were completed after the BMW i4 said zero. Uh, they also tested the Kia Nero EV, which went 17 miles after it said zero. Uh, the Volvo XC40 also went 17 miles after the display said zero. The VW ID5 went 15 miles further. The Kia EV6, 13 miles. The MG ZS EV, new one, 13 miles. The Tesla Model 3 went 13 miles. The Model Y went 11 miles. Uh, the Cupra Born 10 miles, and the iX3 from BMW, 5 miles after the display saying zero. And that's your podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to contact the show, you can anytime about anything. Uh, my email address is hello at evnewsdaily.com. Question of the week. Taking a wee break for a while, but it will return. Thanks to our premium partners of the podcast, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging. They're on the US mainland and Aloha Charger in Hawaii. Derek Riley, uh, check out his EV Review Island YouTube channel. It's growing all the time. It's excellent. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, say hi to Richard. He's at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Juice. They make public charging simple with one card, one map, and one app. And of course, the gang at millbrookcottages.co.uk where you can book uh, your short break or even a slightly longer holiday. Uh, five-star luxury cottages in Devon. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.